holding this computer. Recording. So we are back. We are back. Hi guys, we are back with another one of our um, Corona Chronicles. It is I, Miss She Talks, and I'm here with my podcasting sister. Hello, how is everybody? <laughs> you look very relaxed there, La, which is I am. Good to see. I, good I to think see. This is the, the future of podcast recordings because I'm literally lying down on my bed as I'm talking to you right. rather than the studio. I'm very happy with this situation right now. <laughs> <laughs> it has its upsides, right? Yeah, very much so. I'm like, oh my God, no more studios, man. This is it. This is it. Honestly, in is the new out. Okay, okay, so let's get straight into it. What's the first thing that we are gonna be talking about on this second part of our Corona Chronicles? Okay, um, so we need to talk about, obviously, Black Lives Matter, the movement is happening globally. Marches and protesters, protesters, sorry, protests are happening in like major cities across the globe. And Shez and I were discussing, and it would seem that people on social media are now discussing the, the, the absence of black women in the conversation in regards to black lives um, um, being pretty much ignored. I think black women are literally at the bottom in terms of kind of um, high, highlighting our stories talking about the racism that we suffer and endure across the board not just sectionality of that yeah not just police violence but obviously within um within industries within the working industries certain things that we have to face Mm -hmm. you know it's apparent that black women are pretty much at the forefront of these movements as we know black lives matter was started by three black women um, who happen to be lesbian so again there's a lot of intersectionality within the Black Lives Matter movement with some people saying that you know we need to forget about other sections of the black community and just focus on Black Lives Matter and for me I'm a little bit like well it shouldn't actually matter what gender you are what sexuality you are if you've got melanin and you're suffering from being oppressed because of your skin surely that's that's the main issue but clearly it's caused a debate because certain things are being ignored so um what is it historically about black women that tends to have us pushed to the back burner whenever you know we're marching or protesting from the civil rights movement to now um we're not getting the shine that we should what what is it about yeah what is it about us that that we're being largely ignored um well i'll take patriarchy for 500 alex (laughs) (laughs) the reason why we're being ignored and can Mm. we just can we just make clear um and i'm going to make definitely make clear from my point of view when we're talking about black women we're talking about black trans women as well who Mm. are even below um, black cishet women. Yeah, so in terms of how much attention they get 
um, when they are terrorized, brutalized, killed, etc., um, because in part of, of who they are as, as trans individuals, but also because they are black. And it, it, you know, sometimes the violence that they suffer is specifically within and from um, the black community. So the question is actually quite an interesting one because, um, and it's the reason why um, when I am writing about some things about Black Lives Matter, um, I am inclined sometimes to want to, to, to make a point of saying, you know, whether it be by way of a hashtag or, or anything, that all Black lives matter. So mm -hmm. to, to show that there is that extra layer of thought that needs to be um, applied to it. And I have to say that, you know, I just feel like in a way, I'm guilty of it as well. I'm guilty of that um, erasure of certain parts of the black community when talking about some of the struggles that we have. And, and, and I, I say that to say that I feel habitually, not intentionally, but habitually, um, we tend to gravitate towards those stories of violence and death um, being meted out upon black men, both mm. here and in the UK, and specifically violence and death at the hands of state authorities, so such as the police and things like that. Um, and yeah, as I said, focusing on that has in a way sort of, um, I don't know if it's because of the stats, but, but made it seem as though the focus is going just to black men when we know by way of example looking at cases over here and we're going to come on to discuss them um, that black women black females also suffer in similar and the same ways at the hands of state authorities yeah. and disadvantageous outcomes at the hands of state institutions um, so um, distilling the question, why are we at the bottom? Why, are black, why do black women appear to be missing from the Black Lives Matter conversation? I, I go back to my original answer. I'll take patriarchy for 500. <laughs> like I think that really is the reason. And I don't, I don't know if it, 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 you know, it's not really um, becoming or helpful or to, to like lay blame, but it is, I think it is helpful to kind of point it out. And hopefully if people see themselves in, you know, carrying out any of the habits that I can say freely that I've been part of as well, um, that we should try to give the same amount of attention to the things that happen to the, to, to the black female community. And yeah. that, said, that includes um, black trans women as well. Um, there, but do you know what? Also, sometimes the timing of some of the things that happen, you know, you're so, you're rendered so tired mm. and so speechless and so just emotionally and mentally drained sometimes with the rapidity that these, that things keep coming at you. That some of the time, you know, where you may have been vocal on one particular case, 
you're yeah. still reeling from that case and then you hear something else and where mm. it seems like you may not have spoken up about that particular case which may involve you know a woman or a girl or something it's not that you're silent it's not that you haven't seen it it's not that you're not as horrified about it and it's not as it's not as if you're not carrying out the same activism in whatever you are doing be it writing letters be it emailing be it protesting be it sending funds be it any of the things active in in you know industries in in trying to press forward black ch um, change for black people you may be doing that nonetheless but if you're not as visibly vocal about it then sometimes that makes it look as though there's not that importance being placed on um, other situations. I just think <clears throat> you're right. Um, I would totally agree with you. Like I've been guilty of it myself. Um, and I, I think we live in such a patriarchal society that when something like this happens, I think the maternal instincts as well within women kind of jumps out, particularly when we see you know, a black man in 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 that kind of awful position that that um, George was in, you instantly just kind of like, <gasps> and it's almost like you want to protect every black man around you. So therefore, that then becomes the point of focus. And it's like, I'm a woman myself. So if I hear about a story like a Breonna Taylor, I should have the same instinctive like. <gasps> which I do, but I think because that was on video, whereas Brianna, Brianna's death wasn't caught on video, it was obviously something that was told to us. Maybe that's why my reaction, I'm talking for myself, that's why my reaction was probably different to a George um, Floyd, when really and truly death at the hands of, of authority is still a death. Mm. Uh, two deaths that should not have happened, and mm. both of them deserve the same amount of attention. Mm. as each other um it kind of brings me to um people complaining about dave Chappelle's um special mm. and the fact that um it was called 846 which is the time in which um george had um george george's neck george's sorry george had a knee on his neck um I even have trouble saying that because it just makes me feel like throwing up and just like, do you have your knee on that for eight, eight minutes and 46? But that was the name of his, um, his, his special. I don't want to call it a comedy special because it wasn't a co comedy special as such. It was more kind of his commentary on yeah. what had happened. So, um, you know, he was speaking about it. But, and if you're familiar with Dave Chappelle's work, and one of his most popular, one of his popular jokes about um, Jarro, people, you know, asking Jarro what his opinion is on a particular political matter or a social matter. And his, the punchline, you know, was him more or less saying that, you know, why the hell do people want to hear from Jarro? And I think his, his whole um, kind of point in the special was like, why do you people want to hear from me? Because I think there are certain celebrities that were, or not even celebrities, certain newscasters, i.e. Don Lemon, that was calling him out and Oprah and kind of, you know, people who are in the public eye. So he was, that was his kind of response to that. But within that entire special, he didn't actually mention 
you know, the likes of a Breonna Taylor or any other black woman that has been killed at the hands of the police and people pick that up. And um, that kind of threw me again as well, because I was, I was more kind of like airing towards the point that he was making in regards to, you know, why are we looking for him to be the spokesperson when we all saw what happened? You know, we've all kind of gotten together and protest and protested. Why are we still expecting him and other celebrities to kind of say anything? And then, you know, again, the point went over my head about him not mentioning Brianna. But then I think, well, maybe he, he, he is, you know, as we've all been kind of like brainwashed into patriarchy, how is he's not any different to that? Maybe he's been brainwashed as well maybe his do say because i i i didn't i didn't notice it and i only it only occurred to me that he didn't name any or reference any of the several black women who have Mm -hmm. um died at the hands of the police um in the u.s he hadn't named any of them throughout his throughout the course of, of that piece of commentary that he did and um i missed that i didn't i didn't pick up on that I was again just listening and you know I picked up on so many other things I picked up on his rage I picked up on his fear I picked up on the connections that he was able to make as a black man watching that happen to another black man and I could empathize with all of those things so when I read some of the discourse about um from people who had pointed out that he hadn't um made any mention of any black women it was like a ding dong moment for me as well. It was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. And people have said though that, um, and this is specifically about Dave Chappelle. And you know, I'm not making the point. I'm just making the observation that it's been been that this point has been made about him. People say that he does have a blind spot uh, when it comes to um, women and things like that. So, I mean. Is he? Well, say, he's, not, he's not the cause of the problem, though, is he? he yeah, that what he did is symptomatic of. Yeah, I was accused. I would say that for most men, that is, I would charge most men with that. That people that most men have a blind spot when it comes to issues, you know, in regards to black women. Like I think we had um, a podcast with them lot from them lot. You know, cut the chat, people. Um, and I think we kind of posed the question to them, like, can you name five things or three things that affect black women specifically? And I don't think they could. And I think I was saying to Damon, I, you know, if you could ask the men in your barbershop, can you name five or three or five things that affect black women specifically? Um, and he was like, I don't know if he did it, but he was like, yeah. And the point that I was trying to make was that I, I believe that black women are probably more likely and more able to literally name three or five things that affect black men specifically. But I don't think you guys could do that in return because you don't really pay attention to things that affect us, mm. you know, specifically mm. at all. That's mm. simply because you guys tend to think that it's only black men that suffer from oppression and mm. racism whereas we're just here just just here yeah yeah and I, I think that's what it is and I think that carries through you know society in general like black women are fine black women are strong you know black women are okay they have to be strong so therefore 
you know, they're not, they're not the issue. They're, they're not dealing with things. They don't go through mental health issues. They, they're not being killed in, in record numbers by police. And, and none of this is true. Mm. This is why a lot of people hate the strong black women narrative because it's actually quite damaging because what that then does is say, suggest that we don't need help. We're not um, at risk. We're not, you know, we're capable of looking after ourselves. We can defend ourselves. We can do this. We can do that. We don't need the assistance of anybody. We're just here. And yes. if, you know, if you've got problems, we can take on your problems too. Yeah. But that is, but that is what we do. And even if I do a really crude mathematical analysis of the, pro of the problem to just like illustrate what happens when there is something that happens and specifically affects black men or a black man. So take, mm. for example, um, the George Floyd death or things that have happened um, over here, you get black women come out mm. who are always at the forefront of marches, struggles, etc. And you have black men lending their voices to that because they've been, you know, they can see themselves, they're personally affected. It's a matter which resonates with them. And so they are protesting and, and, and act, acting uh, or acting against what's going on, right? So then you have men and women. But sometimes when you have something that affects a woman or a girl, you have the women coming out, again, front, center. It's what they do. It may be that maternal urge mm. that you talked about. Coming out front, center, um, protesting, marching, et cetera, et cetera. But they're in those circumstances seems to be the lack sometimes of, of the same amount of black male voices. Yeah. So using that analysis, that can be seen to be why, you know, when you look at um, the places where voices are amplified, so social media platforms, et cetera, et cetera, um, it does seem that, that there's less of a wave when it comes to things that have specifically affected black women or where black women has specifically been targeted. And I think that that's true. And I think at this stage, um, it's kind of undeniable, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there, I, you know, I, I don't really see it being argued from the other side in a way that I accept is as correct. I think it's right that when it does come to women and women's um, issues, not enough men stand up and be counted and protest mm -hmm. and shout and, and, and protect in the same way. And I think that's why, that's why you had, and we mentioned it on um, the previous show that we did, the one before this one, that's why you have John Boyega saying specifically and pointedly when he was at the Black Lives Matter protest, um, you know, black men, and he was so emotional when he said it, and it was a call to action. Black men, we must take care of our black women. I don't think that would have been said by him if there wasn't somewhere the knowledge that that doesn't appear to be happening vocally. Yeah. You see what I mean? I don't well, think that he would have just said that on the basis of it not being an issue. 
Mm. I think as well, because he was at that protest, if you watch the video, if you notice the amount of black women that are around him, kind of supporting him, encouraging him to speak his truth, like women, they're on the, they're on the front lines with this guy, like in the middle of Hyde Park, marching up and down, protesting, shouting, there's police out there and all sorts, but they're there. So I don't know as a black man how you can be in this environment with black women who are like the first ones to be there and be like, John, talk up the things, say what you need to say, get it off your chest. You know, somebody who looks like you, somebody who could have been you quite easily has just passed away. We're here for you, bruh. Say what you need to say. And I think he felt that, which is why he was like, look, we need to protect. Because historically... Black women, like us, like we've said it, we've said it so many times, we have been there. First and foremost, we have been the allies of black men throughout history. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And it, for some reason, it doesn't get It's a conversation that needs to be had. Like, what is it about us that you don't want to kind of uplift us in the way that you should. What, why is this happening? Well, I don't think, I mean, if we're really going to go there, <laughs> no, it's not about black women though, is it? It's about, it's about black men, some black mm. men, um, and the, the pathologies that they have imbibed <laughs> and internalized, to be honest with you. That's, that's where it stems from. Um, mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's playing out to the younger generation like over the past two days I've seen three videos of three young black women being attacked in the worst way by um, young black men one was thrown in a dumpster another girl was hit in her face um, with a skateboard and we've seen what skateboard uh, skateboards can do in terms of damaging property during these protests so imagine being hit in the face with one and then another guy just hit a girl like in her ear as she turned her back to walk away from him and it's just like this is this, where were this, these things where were these things it was videos on um twitter that people have been posting and i'm just like this is this has come from somewhere this this that's complete hate when you can look at a girl and look at a black girl as well and put her in a dumpster or hit her with a skateboard in the face. Like something, the, them boys didn't just wake up one day and suddenly decide they wanted to do that. That's something that's been, you know, bubbling inside of them for, for a while. And the fact that they're friends, they've got like friends who are around them who were seeing this and they're laughing. So this is, this is the norm. Nobody pulls them up. Right. Mm. So something has gone wrong and I would call on every black man, particularly if you're an older black man, to really talk to your sons, talk to your nephews. Oh, Lord, these people might need to talk to themselves first. Well, let me call to action to the, to the, to the black men who I know who have, an, who have sense mm -hmm. in them or maybe are surrounded by young people mm. and can speak to speak to these kids mm. maybe maybe they've got um an ability to reach kids who maybe don't have you know somebody around them who is um somebody that they respect or they can look up to maybe somebody like a Damon or an ace 
or a Femi or a Lee have young people around them that they can talk to and say, listen, this ain't it. Maybe mm. they've never had that conversation with their dads or their uncles or just whatless, as you said, whatless individuals around them. Mm. But there are other guys out there who, you know, do good things for their community and maybe they can be the ones to reach out to them. Because I fully understand where you're coming from because there are some whatless, whatless individuals out there. <laughs> yeah. What heavy emphasis on the what? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I have to because this is like I said. These as as much as I was disgusted with what these young boys were doing, I'm like they picked that up from somewhere. They didn't just wake up like that. Yeah, you know. Mm. But do they? You know, one of the other things that we were going to talk about, and it might be even um, relevant to introduce the question here. Do you think maybe it can be picked up on? The disrespect is bred from the erasure of black women in very many areas, visible mm. areas. So we were going to talk about the erasure of um, black women within music and entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this was stemming from a, um, a, a, a trail of tweets put out by um, a DJ called Funk Butcher, talking about um, the, specifically the erasure of dark-skinned women as front and lead vocalists and visible vocalists um, uh, within parts of the music industry or the music industry across the boards. If it is right, and I you know, happen to agree with it, and I think it's a trend that I've noticed, that black women are erased on that front, and then you also couple with that the reverence that is paid to a particular look of black women mm -hmm. visually in, 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 in entertainment. Talk, up, talk about the look. <laughs> right. So now if, if that's going on, aren't these subtle hints to people, to men that women don't really matter that much. Women are just props. You can use them mm. for their voice, but you don't need them, you know, front and center. Um, mm. There's only a specific kind of woman who's the kind of woman that we, we really want to look at, that we really want to have in videos, that we really want to push front and center in, in adverts or even in films or even in um, series and things like that. So do you, am I reaching or do you think that there is a crossover which lends itself to what you're talking about, which is the disrespect of, sorry about all that noise, disrespect of black women um, just across the board or generally or globally as a field, because we've seen it on social media with certain tweets, you know, this so-called phase that so many people mm -hmm. seem to have gone through of being verbally, disgustingly disrespectful and disparaging um, and abusive, quite frankly, towards black women on social media yeah what, yeah what breeds that type of content is it partly that erasure this is the this is the thing with the music industry in particular and um i think this is why this i i, I find this industry just very just just gross <laughs> um it's an industry that that leans heavily on black culture and it's done so for like decades you know um if black people disappear tomorrow there'd be no music industry i'll tell you that for nothing 
Um, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll still have Ed Sheeran. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, what would he have? Because he... <laughs> let, me not, let me not start on Ed. But um, just, yeah. Um, yeah, like I was saying, the industry in itself, it kind of leans, it has leaned very heavily on black culture. And I think for a long time, because music is kind of um, packaged and, and, and passed off to us, we, we only see the finished product as consumers when we um, purchase music. So we see the, the glossy music videos, you know, the live stage performances, and we go away thinking, oh my God, that's amazing. And it is amazing. But when you, if, if you're somebody that works in the music industry and you see how, you know, the actual politics and just the nastiness behind it actually works it doesn't fall in line with the the, the finished product what we see as consumers does that make sense yeah but what it then does it, it creates this fallacy of oh everything is fine within the music business because you know you've got this black artist here and that black artist here and duh, 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 duh. not and you know and the average joe doesn't know that behind the scenes that there are people making decisions based on what they think that the main you know the 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 the, the majority of the public think so and such as we're not going to you out as an artist someone like Estelle, because you're too dark, we don't know how to market you. Yeah, exactly. To scrap that you're too dark, it will be, we don't know how to market you, but that's what it feeds into. That's what they can't do. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Joe Bloggs, who lives in Southampton, you know, if if Estelle was to go to a national newspaper and tell that side of the industry and tell that story, as far as they're concerned, what's Estelle talking about? Mm. She's a star she's made loads of money what mm. she would mean and there are other black artists and they're out there and um they're doing okay and blah 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 and it's like no you don't know the barriers that still has had to jump over like literally leapfrog polvo over to 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 get to her career compared to let's say you know a white artist like a jesse J. Mm. Has had to. Do, you don't know. Those are those are the things that are kept away from the general public. So yeah. So, are you saying? Do you you do you think that that sort of that sort of molding and that kind of um, almost glossing over of those things that you know maybe we wouldn't expect people to know of in the industry, but do you see any correlation between that? And then the general treatment outside of the industry, so in wider society of black women. Yeah, absolutely. Because it then falls into the whole, like, even now, as we're, as people across the world, when I say people, I mean black people are telling their stories, irrespective of, of industry, what we have to go through on a daily basis. And every time we tell those stories, there's another, there's another 10 voices telling us that doesn't happen you're wrong we don't see racism we don't see color what are you talking about you don't don't live in in mud huts anymore you now live in houses with central heating so things must be fine it's that kind of shit there and that's that's the kind of thing that a lot of black artists black women in particular have had to deal with within the music industry because if they so much as say boo to a goose in regards to their experiences they get shut down they get pushed to the side they won't get um they won't get promoted or supported 
by their by their record label because they're seen as a problem mm-hmm. and it's like okay so I'm a problem when I'm speaking my truth and telling you what the issue is and that I'm a problem then mm. okay and it's like there are so many like there's so many black female artists I know who are singers who are writers who are A&Rs and I've heard some horror stories and I I have to tilt my hat to them because I don't know how they've managed to stay within an industry that like I said lean so heavily on on, in, on black culture mm. but at the same time has a complete disregard disregard and just detest black women mm. detest us but you want all of the source but you just don't want us which yeah. is mad mad that is mad yeah I think I think you're actually right and I think it's it's difficult to know whether so going back to the question posed whether what goes on in these industries is the cause of the um black female disrespect mm. or is it and 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 by disrespect I mean erasure abuse etc all of the above or is it symptomatic of do you see what i mean right like which which one is which one is driving what which which way round is it we know that it's an issue um i was reading on twitter just today something about um racism within i think it was a science science arm of Yale University, obviously in the US, um, and people having to speak out and saying um, in particular that there is systemic racism here. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the responses from a white professor, I think it was, was to seek to deny that there was systemic racism on the basis of one black higher Mm. 35 years back this is the thing they pick these like you know one like one singular instance to be a representation of you know everything that's happening oh well you know you've got jay-z he's really rich so you lot must be doing okay are you joking yeah you hear it all the time and it's it's just it's it's a distraction basically yeah it's 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 something that they do in order to kind of gaslight us and to make it seem like we're mad and we don't know what's going on. There are billions of black people in the world who are who have eerily similar stories. Are we all crazy? Is that what you're t- trying to tell us? So this one lecturer feels like he has enough power and enough influence to tell billions of black people over the world that our experiences are a figment of our imagination. But that was that was the juice of the day. That was the Kool-Aid of the day. Um, <laughs> even just a few months ago, wasn't it? To just deny <laughs> black experiences. So, I mean, it's a wild time now when people are exactly. apparently, apparently um, taking them into uh, account. It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild time. But um, going back a bit in time, we recently had this week um misha b who was on x factor talking Mm. about her experience being on the show as a contestant 
and in particular her experiences that we all saw at the hands of um, Talisa from uh, N-Dubs and also Louis Walsh when there was a, a uh, one of the episodes of her, you know, her time on the show um, when she was, when they were giving her, her a critique of, their, of her performance, her live performance, Mm. Talisa was using words to describe her such as sort of overconfident. There was a suggestion that she was a bully um, to other contestants and things like that. And it's sad because Misha has come out, as I said recently, she was on her own IG live talking about that experience. And I think you posted it on our, um, on our IG page just referencing to it that she'd done that and speaking about the fact that her treatment within the industry or at that specific time on X Factor um, caused her to have to be in therapy for eight years mm-hmm. and then hot on the heels of that you have someone like Michelle Gale who you know she was hatty in EastEnders she had her own music career because my sweet is your weakness yes, yes. And love Woo! <laughs> do you remember that tune <laughs> of course i think that was her biggest tune but um <laughs> she spoke out recently i think she wrote an article that was it in grazia magazine and she had um she said that she'd been told ages ago that she there was a there was a um a time when she might have been dropped from performing on top of the pops because mm-hmm. she was talking about too much black stuff because she had referenced in an interview with a journalist how she had been continually stopped and searched um mm-hmm. by police when she was driving around in her nice car which had been legitimately bought with her own funds because you know she did have a career which was mm-hmm. earning her money and so you had that silence in tactic don't speak out then you know you're not you're not going to get further in your career you have the silence in tactic as i would call it that had been applied to talisa sorry to um, misha b like oh you're a bit overconfident you you know taking her down a peg or two this whole bullying you know the whole angry aggressive uh, label that's often thrown around and so in that way even when women are in the industry it's almost like they are there by the skin of their teeth and they're still being held down. And like you said, how can it be that there are all these similar experiences in all these different industries as well? Mm-hmm. You will have models coming forth talking about how it is black models, how it was for them and is for them in the industry, racist comments being made towards them. Um, any, any Aluka, that, the, the black female footballer, and she yeah. came out and spoke out about racism towards her within her in the footballing world. You know, we still see it mainstream. Um, you know, with the allegations of or, or labels of angriness and aggressiveness, and I, you know, I always rail out against those words being um, mm. thrown at black women. So, I mean, the point is, when are people going to start noticing this trend? and take note of it and, and realize that it's a real thing and then get behind specifically black yeah. to eradicate these issues that we have. Shares, I think people know, they just don't want to acknowledge it. 
I think what's interesting to me, I was having a little discussion with my mama, was that we were saying that what this movement has done and why so many kind of racists are coming out and accusing the BLM movement of being a far, far um, sorry, a Marxist movement and all kinds of nonsense just to kind of obviously do derail the cause and kind of um, just to kind of put, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry. Just, just kind of just besmirch the whole name of BLM is that they're now realizing that everything that they've, they've ever been taught, everything that they've ever been told about themselves imagine being 40 50 60 years old and you're somebody's come along to tell you that everything that you know is a lie all of your 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 belief systems all of the things that you thought about black people aren't the truth and we've been saying it for centuries now as also said you know racism isn't getting worse it's just being filmed so now you're in a position that you can't even deny what you're being told now because it's here on film, you've got millions of people across the globe marching and protesting. You've then got another cross-section of people who are now coming forward. I mean, you've got people like, um, what's her name, Trisha Goddard, mm -hmm. speaking about how um, Keith Lemon's Bo Selector TV programme affected her. And people are like, well, why did you say anything back then? Because we couldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. If she said anything, that's it, her job is done. It's mm -hmm. over for her. Mm. But now we're in a position where we can actually speak and talk about things. It's the same with same with um, women who are in the music industry, black women. I saw Keisha Buchanan from the Sugar Babes on Good Morning talking about her experience as a black woman or mm. being, you know, the only black member of the Sugar Babes and the things that she was being told and how she was presented as the the angry black one in the group and how the other two members were scared of her and you know all of this like. Do you, remember that, do, you remember, do, you remember, do you remember the the young black girl, um, dark skinned girl? I can't remember where she was from. On The Apprentice, same thing. Yes. Yeah. Angry, same thing. aggressive. So, yeah. Right. So all of these stories are coming out. None of these people know each other, but yet they have eerily similar stories. Mm. So now it's like, I think you know, racists and white people are now having to like face the reality of the society that they've actually been living in. And whereas before, many of them would be like. Oh, no, I, I just don't see colour, I don't see racism, <coughs> Philip Schofield. Um, now it's like, okay, clearly there's a problem. Mm. Clearly something is not right here. So I don't know when it will like properly change for all of us so that everybody is on an equal playing field, but I feel like there's been a slight shift. Mm. Um, how long it will continue, I do not know. But has that shift... Has that shift, because you just spoke about, you know, now white people are maybe seeing, you know, really what this society is and maybe getting an understanding of how it's a system, how racism is a system and how they may have unwittingly, as well as wittingly, but unwittingly being part of it. But what I'm asking, really bringing it back, is black men being cognizant of the things that affect black women because of us being black women. Is that happening? 
Because when that happens, will that then, engineering backwards from what we were talking about, will that then assist in getting rid of the disrespect that you said that you've seen that young people are now, young black men are now committing against their black female counterparts? Because as we've said, we're not being seen, we're not being shown, we're not being wholly shown. Our humanity is not taken into account. Our, you know, our, our full beings are not being taken into account. They're not seeing us anywhere. So we are almost props to them. So working backwards, is the shift only in your mind happening for white people or are black guys getting it as well? Um, I think that, oh God, this is gonna sound so bad, but I think, probably both the same to be fair like if we're being ignored by you know the very like the men black men mm. we're ignored by them we're mm. being ignored by larger society mm. white, you know, white people mm. like we're just being ignored on all on all corners white people are ignoring us because generally speaking they don't they haven't seen the problem they don't see race they don't see racism duh, 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 duh. that's their thing whereas black men are like we're going through it the worst so therefore we're first we you know you shouldn't should only consider us that is the issue mm. but you so you do think that the shift is happening for there is a shift i mean like there's conversations going on that you know probably probably would not have happened on uh, mainstream but this um, bit then, let's go back to, let's go back to two of the thing, or one of the things that we've spoken about, and let's bring in another thing. If that's right, if that shift is happening, how is it that Dave Chappelle puts out 846, or not even puts it out, does that piece, that piece of social commentary, and as, as, mm. as live and as prescient as it was, no mention of black women. J. Cole mm. puts out a song recently, just, just the other day, Snow yeah. Bluff. Completely, people are saying completely tone deaf in the way that he addresses um, a, a particular woman or, or, or women and um, polices the tone of women and how, uh, how a woman is talking about um, these situations that are going on. In fact, some of the situations that we're talking about in here and what he chooses to focus on is policing the tone of an activist, of a black female yeah. activist. If there is this shift, why are these things happening in and amongst what is going on now? Why aren't, why aren't they just even now thinking, rah, we need to really close in, close around and protect our black women, not ignore them, not not say their names, not call them out for the tone that they tend to use or that we think that they use. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I mean, I ain't got the answer, Sway. You know what? I think it's a conversation for black men to have if they're willing to have the conversation. And the, 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 the with that is that you would then have to acknowledge that there is a problem. And for many, they don't think that there is a problem. So they're never going to have the conversation. Mm. I mean, I think, again, credit to John Boyega, and he's not the only one. It, 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 it will be people like him in his circles that will, will, will start and have those conversations. But I think you just hit the nail on the head, actually. It's not for us to ask this question. 
it's a question, it's, it's a conversation they need to have with themselves because it's analogous to when we're saying, as we mm. have been saying for ages, racism is not for black people to solve. Mm. Although it's committed against us and it, it's a tool to hold us down, it's white people that need to solve it. They need to be active in dismantling the systems mm. that work in their favor, at least first step calling them out. So I think, I think you might be, I think that's the answer, isn't it? It's not for us I to think, even answer yeah. this question or even maybe it's not even for us to have this conversation because we as women have been having this conversation. We've been <laughs> pointing this out. We've said it million of a million and one times and we've just been accused of being the angry black woman, woman whenever we, we mention it. So mm. that is really for them to answer. Like, we would like to know, like, what is your issue with us? Why is it that you forget us in the struggle when we don't forget you? We like we back you guys up when your backs against the wall yeah. you know we protest we flip in write letters to MPs and governing bodies and yeah. all kind of, we do all of that stuff but for some reason some reason it's not thrown back the other way what is mm -hmm. that about what is that about okay yeah i mean i'm with you girl i'm with you so let's lighten the mood somewhat let's talk about you law huh what was that the eye of the tiger no is that the eye of the tiger that was the eye of the tiger hold on what tune is that i don't know that's a tune that comes in Rocky. Don't tell me it's not the Eye of the Tiger. No, something like singing, that. No, that's not Eye of the Tiger. You're singing the final countdown. Oh, the, fi the final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> the The Rocky song is entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> like you know I've confused my you I confused my P's and my Q's, so don't no, start I, with I, me. I, 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 <laughs> it's the eye of the tiger with oh, the but yeah. I live up to the challenge of my rivals. <laughs> <laughs> and the next those <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm sure she's gonna somehow, but please, man. I'm saying maybe because we're in the final countdown era of this of this particular episode, let's oh, move it on. You see that little segue? Let's move it on and let's talk about insecure, which oh, came my. season um, four came yeah. to an end this week with mm -hmm. episode. I can't, I can't remember what the episode was called. Loki. Loki missing, maybe? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Went missing. Um, 
So let's get into it, La, because let me just say about Insecure, because I posted on my Facebook today, there was a post um, from um, a site called OK Africa, which had all the tunes from season four of Insecure. One thing I love about Issa Rae's Insecure mm. is the music that yeah, they choose for yeah. the episodes always banging and you know what not only do i love the tunes i love the shots i love the you know the, the filming i love the sites that they choose like everything and i read somebody had said had described the whole um series as a love letter to la and you know what? I see that. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. Oh my gosh. So anyway, season four came to an end. I want it back already. And it ended with a lot going on. My heart is broken. For who though? For who? Isa. I little confidence and kind of getting over that stupid awkward phase that she kind of puts herself in yeah. and she got her Daniel back and it just went all tits up. Why do you keep calling him Daniel? Not Daniel, sorry, because he's Lawrence. <laughs> like Daniel's the dark skin. Daniel on the brain. That's <laughs> Hate you just. <laughs> I hope he comes for the next season. Oh, that means so who's your Daniel then? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I hope he comes back for the next season. So no, I, I don't. There's already too much going on, okay? I do. No, Nathan, Nathan may, if yeah, this yeah. dips too low, may be there to swoop in. So anyway, so let's just, you know, if you guys haven't watched it, you might need to skim over this part because spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yes, spoilers are going to come through. Sorry. So Issa has been getting cozy comfortable getting it on basically back together with Lawrence her ex and oh my gosh can I just say I just I, I loved it I loved watching it I mm. love I love the sex scene I was just like oh Issa get you some uh, <laughs> see where they were like that? in the living room <laughs> like yeah. honestly get on Oh, and laughing and joking I'm like oh this is so real this is what happens oh real I loved all of it so there was that but then obviously Lawrence had been seeing Condoleezza Rice <laughs> and um <laughs> Condola Condola and um she was still messaging him although they'd split up stopped seeing each other she was messaging him saying you know looking like like they needed to talk etc etc mm. so meanwhile lawrence has also had this um great job interview for yeah. in san francisco he gets the job isa is like still happy she's mm. says to him and I, and i just again i felt it my heart was like I'm so with them. She was like, you know, if it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's going to work long distance, it's going to work. She was willing to put in the work. And yeah. then Lawrence come with the one, two bad news. Disaster strikes. Condola's preggers. Mm. What? I was just like, 
Oh my God. Was like- you know what? The funny thing is, we're on the last, on the penultimate episode when it ended and Condola was like, you know, we need to talk or something like that. I knew that this was coming, you know. This was my guess. This was my guess. I, I know it. it. I know it. <laughs> like when he was speaking to Issa in the kitchen and he was like, oh, I've got something to tell you. <sighs> When I saw Condola, I thought he was going to say, I slept with her. I really did. And then when he said, she's pregnant, I was like, oh, no, I think I'm married. He slept with her. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't it so tense, though? I'm just like, that was such an excellent episode. And then Issa's face was like, you could just see her, like, her little, oh, her little heart just crumble. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I was like, Danny, oh, I was like, see, I'm calling him Daniel, see? I was like, Lawrence, why? I know, I know. I know. And you know what was funny? When the, he was doing, when they were doing the flashbacks and um, he was saying to Condola, are you sure it's mine? And I thought to myself, Lawrence, we've all watched how you like to get it in. That thing is... <laughs> yeah, that was almost like an ode to his fuckboyness in it asking that yeah. question because you and condola were in something so don't start mm. now like yeah, exactly I'm sure it's mine but i guess that was that was that speaks maybe again to the desperation of the situation for him like oh my mm. goodness maybe his mind just kind of exploded with all kinds of um thoughts but it's so where do we think that that might go in a hell in a handbar. Because, <laughs> because um, what's her face? Issa is talking about what moving. Not, not necessarily moving, but she, she was saying that the long distance could work. But now, can it still work when he's also going to be co-parenting yeah. a child that's not yours? It's not going to work. It can't, I can't see how it's going to work, and I don't see. Um, Isa as kind of stepmummy material. Mm. And particularly since she knows Condola as well. Mm. Mad awkward. That, or, yeah. I can't see it happening. One of the things, you know, after the, um, after the um, shows, they always have this little mini bit called the wind down. Yeah. So after this final one, one of the things I think they had, um, I can't remember if it was Condola, the actress that plays Condola there, or was it the actress that plays Kelly there? Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, one of the things that Issa spoke about was that in a, in, I think it may have been season three mm. when they did, when they showed the, her having almost like a flashback in her mind or a thought in her mind of what it would be like if her and Lawrence got back together. One of the key things in there was them having a baby. Having a, oh yeah. Oh, oh it's like, God, this is awful. Yeah. One of the things that, that now is the thing is that you get back maybe the man that you love, maybe the one that you thought got away, maybe your one true love but it's not the fairy story that you want it to be because that part of it, that his first child is not going to be from you. Yours, yeah. Oh, no. Golly! Can I say, have we ever, in, in this history of Insecure, this is probably like, 
the most serious storyline. This and, and, yeah, yeah. and the Seals, and we'll come to that, her character. But isn't this like, I think this is my, my joy and my love of this show that it's, not only is it ongoing, and, but it's developing before our mm. eyes. And that's just, oh, I just love it. I love it. Oh, I love it. What happens, it's like, you get all them funny moments with your friends and everything, and all, you know, the sex capades with this guy that you're meeting and blah, 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 and what have you. And then life just has a way of throwing in like a, a, a spanner out of nowhere. Mm. And yeah, and then you have to try and get your life back together mm. after being thrown, you know, a curveball. Yeah, and I think one, one of the things that's really interesting is that it's all happening under the umbrella of, of growing up, which, yeah. again, like you said, is like real life. Because Issa's getting her shit together, right? So mm. she's growing up. But yeah. as she's growing up, she's also having these grown-up problems and issues come at her. Mm-hmm. So it's actually um, even a, 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 a kind of natural walk through that, that process that I think we've all probably had. You know, moving yeah. from 20s to real adulthoods in your 30s and onwards. The kind of problems that come at you are really real as well. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> they are really, really real. <laughs> uh, okay. Hello, Adam. You've hit so me what, in the face. Exactly. One of the other things, um, one of the other storylines that we saw was Amanda Seal's character effectively mm-hmm. go missing. So she's married. She's just had a young, she's just had a baby daughter. And um, there have been hints towards her suffering from postpartum depression. And again, mm. in terms of storylines and things being um, highlighted, that definitely is the most serious thing. That yeah. Um, insecure tackle. And can I just pause it there and just tell you another reason? And, uh, you know, m- what I'm saying might be obvious, but these things, pregnancy, you're the man you love having a baby with someone else, um, postpartum depression all of these things these are these are women yeah so it's like this really is something that we can relate to even if we haven't gone through it ourselves Mm. it's just Mm. so relatable um so watching that there was some discussion i think online watching amanda seals um storyline so she leaves effectively she just leaves her her house leaves the baby and goes missing her husband doesn't know where she is um Mm. he calls up the friendship group so kelly molly and isa they've not heard from her and then they go on this um trawl around the area looking for her and obviously it's very tense and i think kelly played that very well like she kept in her character you know she's (laughs) you know kind of funny and whatever but you could you could see the stress emanating of her um and so there was some discussion about whether amanda seals character whether the baby was her husband's and i think Uh. that was that was some of the um the guesswork that was going on online but um they came out on i think it was the insecure twitter and Mm. 
they said no 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 that's not that's not the storyline because people yeah. were saying oh what 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 do you think that it looks like postpartum but it looks like something more and then people were guessing oh, right. it's because the baby's not his um but that's an interesting storyline as well mm. and that mm. it'll be interesting to see where that goes because yeah. Amanda Steele's character is bougie AF. Mm. So it will be interesting to have to strip that away so then we can see what the results and what the effect of yeah. that postpartum depression what, what is. Kind, what she does to kind of try and help, help her through it. Mm. Well, she tackles it, you know, yeah. that's to see. Yeah. And then obviously we have the, the, the one of the... I'd say the next, um, I mean, they're all equal peggings, but in terms mm. of seriousness, so the third serious storyline or the introduction of a factor is Nathan telling Issa that he's been diagnosed as bipolar. Yeah. And again, topical as fuck mm. uh, within the black community, most especially knowing about mental health and how men sometimes are incapable of dealing with it mm. um, so i just feel like season five if these if these stories really are developed and obviously the pregnancy one will have to be i think yeah. the seals is one will have to be i think we'll have to remain to see whether there's whether they take nathan's bipolar anywhere or if it's just a factor and it explains you know what had happened between him and him disappearing yeah. etc but um i'm really looking forward to season five do you know it was funny um going back to the nathan thing when she arranged when they arranged to meet up to help him move mm. and she knocked on the door and he opened the door and she was like what's up <laughs> trying to act out and be all friendly the friend that was, I found that so funny. And it's like, yeah. once again, Issa's awkwardness, rather than like, just being like, hey, you know, on a <laughs> yeah. all this performative stuff. I'm like, why do you put yourself in these predicaments when you can just open up your mouth and yeah. say what it is? But that's just her. But that was, that was interesting. But yeah, it will be interesting to see how they um, handle Nathan's, um, bipolar disorder mm. or whether or not it's just going to be like you know it's just being said and it's out there and you know what, yeah. whatever or whether or not they're going to develop that storyline anymore I think they should and the postpartum thing because they're two things that within the black community are considered taboo mm. and for those things and that's white people's things and you know mm. so be like, yeah so it'd be great if they could kind of like touch on those or expand those subjects rather yeah 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 what do you right. think is going to be the up upshot of um well let me not ask it in that way but what do you think of what happened between Issa and molly don't you think molly was a piss take i thought molly was horrendous this 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 season honest to god absent i was trying to you know you're trying to find the little kind of the, the silver lining, I'm like, there isn't none really. <laughs> she was she went off the rails. She just I was just disappointed every episode. I'm like, nah, this girl is really for herself. Yeah. Extremely selfish. Um very blinkered in her views. Yeah. So 
with that she doesn't see how her behavior affects the people around her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you were saying you were saying give your take on you said that you can see why her Asian Bay wanted to break up. Yeah, so for those that don't know, Asian Bay and Molly broke up. Asian Bay, his name's Andrew. We need to stop calling it Asian Bay. He's got a name. His name's Andrew. But they broke up. So, you know, when Shez and I were discussing, I was saying, I can see why he broke up with her because Molly is hard work and she doesn't see her behaviour, like I said, how it affects other people and how she expects everyone to kind of... Let's pause you there. I feel like you're talking about me. Okay, I feel attacked right now. Well, well, well. <laughs> Let me just like put my lip on I've got a lot to say. When you said hard work, I looked up like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you talking about Molly or she <laughs> Hard work. I was thinking, cause, you know, if you think about all of the episodes that she's that she's featured on, and you know, when they when she goes into one of her kind of, well, what do you mean, sort of thing, it's like, yeah, that's exactly it. You don't actually see what your problem is, and you do it to everyone around you. It wasn't just at, wasn't just Andrew. It was Molly as well. Even when she discovered wow. that her mum and dad had you know a little um, I think her dad had an affair or maybe had yeah. a one night something like that and the mum was telling her look you know it happened a while ago you know we've discussed it blah 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 now I understand as a child if you're hearing that about your about your one of your parents you're going to be rightfully upset but she the way she was holding it like holding the grudge almost to the point where it's like okay so at this point, who are you trying to punish? Because your dad looks like he's fine. The mum's forgiven him. Your siblings are okay with it. And you're still like just holding on to, to something that your mum has told you. Let, let it go. I just saw it has her as, I know you don't like this, but I actually saw her as quite an angry character throughout this entire um, season. And she was projecting that anger onto other people. So Issa got it. Andrew got it. I think Andrew and Issa probably got it the worst. I think Issa would naturally get it the worst simply because she'd been her friend for the longest amount of time. Mm -hmm. And Issa being Issa is somebody who hides from confrontation, which is why, like I said last week, she's always in the, the damn mirror, you know, having a conversation with herself rather than having conversations with people that she might have an issue with and just saying, look, this is how I feel. What do what do you? Yeah. But can I just stop you there? Because this, that links into why I didn't see um, this breakup with Andrew and Molly coming. Because mm. I don't necessarily think Andrew communicated to her, verbally mm. communicated to her, her being Molly, that he was having problems or misgivings with anything she was doing. And I think mm. that's the problem. That actually is something that, I could even say about Issa to an extent there was, you know, and it may have been the dynamic of, of Issa and Molly's relationship, but I don't necessarily think that anybody out of those who had given Molly the heads up before the breakdown. Mm. You see what I mean? But if you're use, if you're, if your character is one where it's all me, 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 you're not going to see certain things. You're just going to keep, like I said, have your blinkers on and just forget about right. how you're 
I, ag- I agree with you, but that's why I said verbally. I don't think that, you know, you were talking about, you know, Issa's always in the mirror and that's part of, you know, her character and whatever. But I also think it can be applied to Andrew in this sense. Mm. He, I, we didn't see at least him at points verbally saying, I have a problem with this. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I have a problem with you being like this or I have a problem with you um, doing that or behaving in this way. So in a sense, I didn't, see, I didn't even see it coming. I didn't see that breakup coming. Mm. But what was interesting to me watching that scene um, where he'd said about breaking up mm. was that she begged him mm. and he was saying to her all the things that I felt like it could, it could almost be her and Issa talking. Yeah. You know, her, and the things that she was saying to him, I'll work it out. Da, 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 da. That's what you should have been saying Issa. to your long-term friend, Issa. Mm. You're not saying it. We can work this out. I can do this to change. All of that was just spewing from her. But yet with Issa, it was like, oh yeah, well maybe we're just two different people and we've changed now. So I was... You know- so what, that's, you're absolutely 100% correct. Um, but you know what that reminds me of? There are a lot of women out there that would dash away a 10-year, 15-year, however long-year friendship with a, with a woman, with a, with a female um, friend. But a man, it's like, oh my God, no way, I'm a failure. Please don't leave, da 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 da, da And they will... Try and sort it out more. Yeah, over, over, and it's just... Mm-mm. It's this very bizarre, but you're right. There are there are there are, I know so many stories of women that have done that. Mm-hmm. Ten year, fifteen year, twenty year friendship over whatever, and then if a man comes along and they might be with them for six months or a year, and maybe it's not going so well, they'd be like, oh, let's try and work it out, and da da all the concessions that they would make for this guy that never made would have made it for um, the friend that happy to just you know stop speaking to yeah which is very bizarre that's it well one of the positives out of this the last episode um because of everything that we saw going on was that you know molly and Issa sat down and they look like they're gonna have some frank well they've got a lot to talk about yeah a lot to talk about whether they have frank conversations um needs to be seen because it's probably funnily enough i'm just thinking about it now that was an interesting point to leave to end on that they come together in their favorite restaurant will they have the frank conversations will Issa divulge everything that's happened thus far with um lawrence the baby condola etc will molly talk about broken up with andrew and will they talk about it in the honest way that's necessary in the way that they haven't throughout this mm. whole series. And that's where, you know, that's the reason why their friendship, in my view, essentially broke down because there was no communication. So, yeah, be quite interesting, interesting. What do you think season five? Sorry? What do you think is going to happen in the following season? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know where they're going to, I don't know where they're going to take it. I don't know if, if you know, is Lawrence going to move Bye. to Fran? I want Daniel to come back. That's all I'm saying. It's going to confuse Issa. You know how our girl be. It's just going to confuse her. 
He's already confused. It's fine, man. Just bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So your hope for season five is that Daniel comes back. My hope for season five is that somehow Issa and Lawrence can work it out. But you know what? I, oh, do you remember that um, guy that Molly was seeing called Drone? But he had... Um, oh, yeah, the tall one. The tall light light guy. Like, they didn't really wrap that up enough for me. Like, I felt like he needed to get his comeuppance because I didn't believe the fact that he was saying that his girlfriend or his wife was aware that they were, that he was allowed to sleep with other people outside of their relationship. I didn't really believe that. And I feel like that storyline should have been ex exposed just a little bit more because I wanted to hear what his wife had to say. That's mm -hmm. it. But they were completely absent in this season, weren't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. were they absent last season as well? No, last season was the season, wasn't it? That him yeah. and Molly were... So disappeared, and I'm like, so what's going on with that then? Like, mm. I didn't, I never believed when he said it. I was like, I don't believe you. I mm. don't. And wasn't his partner pregnant at the time? Yeah. And she, she, knew, she knew Molly, but knew her from back in the day. Mm. But... That came out, didn't it? The pregnancy, it wasn't, she wasn't always pregnant. That came out, like Molly... Didn't she find out at some kind of event? Yes, that she was having a baby. Mm. And still so trying to get with Molly even yeah. through that, which is why I'm like, this this don't this setup that he's trying to paint don't make no sense. Mm. So I don't know if they, I'm hoping that maybe they will bring them back. Yeah. In the next season. Yeah. I don't think they will. I don't yeah. think they will. I think they'll just I feel like they're done with that storyline now. Yeah, he's gone off, he's doing whatever he's doing, they're having a baby, they're good somewhere. I don't, I don't think that will. So, my, yeah, my hope is that they definitely, um, um, Issa and Lawrence, try and work it out, and also I'd be interested to see how they develop um, Amanda Seals' storyline with the mm. postpartum and how she moves past that. And also, you know, Kelly, let Kelly... Um, yeah, man. Have some substantial storylines. More. We need to give her more. She's just too funny. Yeah, for real. I think she yeah. directed one of the episodes, you know. Oh, did she? Yeah, I think she directed one. I know Kerry Washington directed one. Um, so, you know, black women in that sense. Issa's given, you know, actual black women actual opportunities and I, I love to see it <laughs> I yeah. love to see it the, the costume designer the costume yeah. designer on the um on the show is somebody that I follow on insta a girl a woman called Shiona T mm. so um she's a black woman she's, as well so Issa's she's given um probably some amazing outfits so yeah because I'm like yeah. oh, that dress Molly some backless dress when her and Andrew were on holiday that I loved. Yeah. I noticed that the YSL swimsuit in yeah. the scene, and then she had the off, she's had some off-white bits, even though we're not really feeling Virgil. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it two Virgils with y'all. I'm gonna hold two. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, no, so, so black women be coming through, baby, be coming through. So, okay, so let's wrap it up, La. Let's go into um, Shady Corner versus You Are The Lights. And let's right. rattle through this. Who do we want to put in Shady Corner? Uh, everybody from Talisa to Fazer to Simon Cow to Louis Walsh, all of them lot on X Factor. Ha watching um, 
we mentioned this earlier on in the podcast, but watching Misha B tell her story, I was absolutely horrified. And I was horrified the first time round when um, I saw Misha being torn to shreds for an issue that should have stayed backstage as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Using certain words on such a public platform um, in regards to a black woman, a black woman, particularly a black, a dark-skinned black woman, is so, so damaging and she so. Well, she was a girl back then. Nineteen. She was so baby. young. Yeah, and for you to, to Lisa, you, 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 for you to to do that on the basis of oh, somebody said that you did it, so therefore I'm going to call you out publicly in front of this live audience and in front of millions of people um, up and down the country. Um, disgusting, disgusting. I cannot believe that this girl who's literally built her entire career off of black culture and black music, you finally got into a position, you know, of um, Simon Cowell kind of, kind of status. And this is what you do to tear down a black woman on national TV. You are disgusting. Did the, the look on Kelly Rowland's face, you could have got up and punched in your face. I think she would have done. Gary Barlow looked at you like, trashy cow mm. like what the hell is going on and from to listen to Misha talk about her experience and for her to say I've been in therapy for the last eight years because of it oh, my therapist said to me I've got PTSD do you know what PTSD is friggin soldiers who go to war have PTSD that is what you gave that girl and the fact of the matter is we still don't know what was so terrible that Misha did, that you just had to call her out on national TV. You had to do it. Why? What was it? All now we don't know. Say, if it was so bad, say what it was. Say what it was. Yeah, yeah. Because I suspect it it was something so ridiculous. Like, oh, you know, Misha, the thing is, I don't even care what she said. To me, it's irrelevant. It's a competition. You're supposed to critique her on her performance, not no foolishness backstage because there's a, the amount of things that people could say about you, Talisa. Yeah, she can definitely go in shady, trashy corner for that. You can piss I remember, off. And then- I remember at the time just being like completely just wow you could see it as it was playing out it was nasty it was a nasty thing to do and big up to kelly Rowland, who really tried to kind of almost just stand up and 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 try and put things right with mm. Misha as she was standing there because that was tearing a young girl down and you know i'm sure kelly Rowland knows and, and could see you know the optics of what like, no, we're not we're not gonna go there we're not gonna do yeah. that she knew exactly what was going to be the narrative right after that. Like, yeah. once the police yeah. opened her mouth, once Louis Walsh said what he had to say, the damage was done. That's it. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she can definitely go in um, Shady Corner. Let's try and put some people into the light. Um, I want to put into the light a um, DJ that I just started following um actually you put me onto him because you told me about um a thread of tweets that he put out talking mm-hmm. about something that we've spoken about here today which is um the erasure of black women in the music industry in particular yeah. and that's funk butcher and he has continued in that light kind of talking out speaking up being very vocal about 
um, some of the some of the dirt that goes on to the disadvantage Ooh. of you know black people within the music industry. So definitely, he can go in the light. And um, I think you also mentioned, and we definitely want to give an honorary mention to Stormzy in pledging putting his yeah, money in his ten mouth. Years, ten years or something like that to help yeah. tackle racism. Doing more than our blasted government. Can you imagine? Honestly. And on that and on that tip as well of doing more than the government, footballer Marcus Rashford's mm. like he even was going to, you know, pay for children's school meals over the summer where um the government was actually going to stop um those meals and apparently there's been i haven't even caught up with the news not apparently but there has been a u-turn by the government and so um big up and props to him for bringing that to not only just to awareness but also you know stoking the public pressure so that Mm. the government did turn around on that so um those were three black men so we have got black men and we do know that there's black men out here doing doing bits doing bits holding bits doing the bits we just need those black men to teach the whatless black men (laughs) (laughs) if you do that i think we'd be all right we'll be all right whatless ones to accountability because then it's us we will be coming for your next like why are you allowing this to happen on your watch? Don't yeah. allow that shit to happen. You can't let it fly. You yeah. can't. Yeah. None of them should step to your mum or your sister and say nothing to them without you not wanting to go to war. So keep that pressure up, man. You've got to talk to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as we said, we are here to shine light on these issues. And I think we've done mm. so in this show. So... Um, We will be back very soon with another episode of these Corona Chronicles of Two Girls and a Mic. But for now, we are out. Peace out.